So we're looking at the Nesiva Sholom, third parak of his first volume on <clears throat> the paths of Das, the paths of the experience of the divine, which talks about You shall be to me as a peculiar treasure from all the other nations. That's in Kisisa. Just like there is Uh, an expansive experience in recognizing the Creator, and it gives him a, a supernal vision. That das, that experience of the divine, gives you a kind of wide, expansive vision. Ale Admus. So too, this clarity, Behirus means clarity of Das, and understanding the, the breadth of what it means to be a Yehudi brings him to a great recognition. The Yeshba Erech Mahus Yehudi Kolkach Dargos Da Leilumindo. And this, this uh, expansive experiential awareness is graduated one level above the other <clears throat> there are some who consider themselves Jewish just by the fact of their happening to be born that way what we would call happenstance because <laughs> I happen to be born to two Jewish parents or another case is when he becomes a proselyte and of all the, the laws and uh, obligations of being a Yehudi fall upon him. In both these cases, whether you're coming in from the outside or you just happen to be born genetically, that's Yahadus is not atzmit upnimit. It's not essential and internal. And let's say you fulfill all the laws of the Shulchan Aruch. So now you are a practicing, observant orthoprax, right? Not orthodox, orthoprax. You're just a Yehudi bahanhaga. You're a behavioral Jew. We talk about cardiac Jews and conservative Judaism. He doesn't do anything. He eats out. He doesn't eat kosher. He doesn't eat. He doesn't keep Shabbos. But he's a cardiac Jew, meaning his heart's in the right place. Here he's talking about a behavioral Jew, someone whose behavior <coughs> conforms to the, all the Shulchan Aruch. You see these guys in black hats walking along Pratt. They go to the nth degree, or in Bnei Brak, right? To take the stringent position whether it comes to halacha. The Nasiba Sholem says but that that's not the essence, that's not the insights, that's just ish Yehudi uh, Bahanhaga. That's a, a Jew that behaves appropriately, kahalacha, but in behavior only. So he doesn't have the heart in it, so it's false piety. If so he claims piety, it's a false piety. piety. 
Well, or like, like most of the ones, like the right? Or the most of the people that 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 uh, will criticize me will criticize me over, uh, you know, why aren't you dressed in the lavush? Why aren't you uh, fulfilling uh, all the all all, all the uh, chumras of the halacha, right? So they'll come at me with that kind of criticism because for them their spirituality is a behavioral spirituality. But in order to be an internalized Yehudi, meaning that you bring those ideas and struggle with them internally, that only comes when his Yahadus, his theology, is deeply sunk in his etzem, in his essence of his identity and his internality. Your identity and your internal workings. And he says something very radical here. It says it's not a thinking kind of thing. It's bemocho, yeah, it has to be with thinking, with the intellect. Belibo, it has to be with the emotions. And then he adds, ubechol evori gufo. I don't know what that means. In all the limbs of his body, how do my limbs know? Huh? Of his acts. He doesn't say bechol masim. He says in all his his through his body through his body, right? Meaning that his body somehow somehow becomes sanctified through the internalization of the spirit. That's what he's talking about. We shouldn't try to allegorize it because then we just end up with Musa. Uh, I, I think that these guys are talking about the, the Hashra'at of the Shekhinah, the sanctity and the soaking of the Shekhinah within the body. And how do I bring that, you know? <clears throat> I once um, watched my father-in-law was obtunded and the nurse put on his tefillin about a couple of years before he died and it really hit me because this man would spend two hours a day davening with his tefillin on and then learning and doing tehillin and uh, and his body was tahor it never seen any kind of impurity I can attest to that personally um, his mind was constantly, albeit not in Hasidut, but in learning and being the Chadish Torah. His heart was completely uh, committed. Um, people still remember after the Six Day War, or was it the Yom Kippur War, where they had to raise money. Uh, he got up in the pulpit in front of hundreds of people and tears, tears, you know. And how he used to sit in my house in Ramat on Tisha B'Av, pouring his heart out with tears. Every keynote was like another knife in his heart. So his heart was in it, right? I didn't realize till two years before his death what it meant. Ubechol evore gufo. When they put on his tefillin, even though he was obtunded, right? His lips were moving in the ICU, out of the ICU, three times a day. You could see his lips moving. Uh, he wasn't even responsive, but the lips were moving. Wow. Um, 
so so I I understand that there is a kind of spirituality in which the body becomes affected and becomes a vehicle for the divine. But not only that, and not only that, the Zoya talks about the Merkova, the chariot for the divine. But then the chariot is just a chariot, and when the divine leaves, it's no longer a divine chariot. Here, he's talking about this, what I call incarnation, the incarnation in the flesh of the Holy Spirit. So it says by, by Mordechai uh, in, the, in the Megillus Esther, which we're going to read in two weeks, Ish Yehudi Haya, and his name was Mordechai. Why do we have to know Ish Yehudi Haya? We could have just say, you know, Ish Mordechai, Ben, so-and-so, so-and-so. We know he's obviously an Israelite. We're told the exact lineage. So it's a kind of redundancy to say, uh, you know what, there was a Jew, there was a certain Jew, and his name was Mordechai, the son of this, the son of this, the son of this. It's obvious he's an issue, Hudi. Mm, but, but it specifies because he was either a holy man, but he also came from the lineage of a of royalty. So he wants to add, that's true, but and that's what the Mephoshim say, but, but the Slonimer wants to add, he was a Yehudi in everything he did. The Yehudi bechol Ishiyosov, in his personality, in his ideas, in his hashkafas, they were all Yehudi. His feelings that were filtered, uchukoso, his desires, Yehudiim betachlis, they were essentially Hebraic. Wow. Right? John Adams writes about the Hebraic culture has being the earliest and the oldest having taught the world about social justice, President John Adams, right? This Yehudi in Betachlis. And then he adds, Vagam Even the instinctual desires for food, sex, warmth, survival, right? Which we call instinctual Haim Yehudiim. Somehow they were tainted by that Hebraic, that Hebraism. Merusanim v'gedurim. Even those instinctual base instincts were filtered and boundaried. There were boundaries to them. Because holiness was resting in them. And as we're told in the Tochacha in Leviticus 18, that you shall not follow the ways of Mitzrayim, which you dwelt among them, and you shall not follow the acts of the Eretz Canaan, the Canaanites. Pirish Rashi, Mahaniyech HaKosov Shiloh Omar. So Rashi says, what, what, what have you left uh, redundant that you haven't already said? It, it, it's obvious. Kamar say Eretz Mitzrayim, then what's the low So Obviously you shouldn't do what they... The low means, <clears throat> I don't want you to do their disgusting, depraved acts. But then I steady adds... Even the ones that would normally be permitted permission, not the Avodah Zorah 
and the bestiality and all the sacred harlotry that occurs in these sacred temples. I don't want you to follow. But also, kamasa, even the things that would normally be things that you do, like eating and drinking and relating. Things that you have to do because you have to survive and live and they are mutter, they're allowed. I don't want you to do it their way. You have to eat, I don't want you to eat their way. You have to have relations, I don't want you to do it their way. But only in a state of sanctity and refinement that is truly Hebraic. So he's raising the stakes here. So it's, it's not original. just... Hmm? So it all has to be original. Yeah, he's, not only that, it's not just about a rule book. Yadot can no longer just be about, here are the rules of halacha. When you get out in the morning, you have to wash your hands. And then you have to say Kriyashim. And then you have to do Daphim. But through survival, there is no... Even in those things which are allowed. So now I've done all that. Now I go home and have breakfast, right? How am I going to eat my breakfast? Definitely. How am I going to feed that hunger in me? That's what he's saying. He's saying that the things that are allowed, even those things have to be done in a manner that is Hebraic in nature. Now he brings from the Piasetzner, and I told you about him, he's the rabbi of the Warsaw Ghetto, Rab Kalonimus Kalman Shapira. He was the rob in the ghetto, and he was unfortunately killed in Treblinka. And he then spoke on, when he came to his 40th birthday, this is before the war, of course, he writes upon this, upon himself. What, what should I take on myself now that I reach 40? Lilmod Yoser, Kidomni, Shekamata Efsha, Eni Alech Batel. As if I even waste a minute of the day. Lehitrachek Minatayvas, to get away from, from improper thoughts about women. Baruch Hashem, Eni Meshubat Chazashal. I have no Tayvas there. Machoseli. So what's, what am I lacking? And then he says, this is the holy Piyasetz that says about himself, Pashut Liyot Yehudi, to be Hebraic, to be a Yid. Pashut, simply. That's the hardest part to take upon myself. I look in the mirror and I see the form of a man with everything present. Muscles, arms, limbs, skin, nails, eyes, everything, except rakhanashama chasera. That's what he's saying about self. I lack soul. I don't see. If you look in the mirror, I don't see the soul. Where's the soul? Now I know what I have to do on this birthday. I want to be Megaya. I want to convert and become Hebraic. Of course, he was. He wasn't. He's not talking literally. Of course, he was brought up. And he was the Skion of a dynasty that goes back to the Noemeli Melech. I mean, it doesn't get holier than that. 
And by age 40, he'd written Sforim, and he had a yeshivas, and he had a whole derech and limbo. But when he looks in the mirror at age 40, believe me, I do that every morning. <laughs> and he goes, who, who is that? Who is? They say about the Yiddah Kodesh, every day he woke up in the morning and said, Ich bin a goy. I, 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 I have to be Magaya every day. And it would take him like till one o'clock just to get to Shachris. Because <laughs> he, he had to work on himself to get from this animal state when you wake up in the morning to fulfill the destiny of the spirit, which is so demanding to be a yid. Took him till one in the afternoon. That's why they called him the Yidah Kodesh. These are holy words from a holy man, from the depth of the recognition of what it really means to be a Yid. Even though he had been leading his life according to the Torah and all its ways and its sanctity, it still could possibly be that that didn't penetrate into the essence. It's all surface. That's what he's trying to say. It's all surface. What is it? And how does one penetrate that depth? It has an infinite depth to go to. So when a person says that doesn't just mean oh thank you I was born as literally genetically Hebraic okay. right? it means that, that that part of me there still may be a part of me in which my Yahadus has not penetrated into the Atmos does that make sense? You have to go? Yes. Okay. Sorry okay, no problem. So I just want to end up that I want you to, to look over this first chalik and try to write up something for me as to what it means to you. What does that mean to being a yid means to you? Now that you've learned this, that it's not just about behavior, it's not just about personality, it's, about it's not about behavior, right?